Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Welcome to the Agile Impact Podcast. Whether you're leading, managing, coaching a team, there is a human behavior aspect. We have 20 plus years in the mental health industry and have creative ways to approach situations. We're going to begin with innovative ideas, how to tap into creativity, utilizing empathy. So these are soft skills to tap into our own potential and help others tap into that potential so we can be efficient with agile methodologies. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Hello, my name is Alexia Georgiou. I'm a coach and consultant. I innovate and create with empathetic, agile methodologies. My website is theresilientpathway.com. Contact me, alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com. We have special pandemic coaching packages available. We're also providing consultation services with development and training on Zoom. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to episode 14 of the Agile Empath Podcast, Communications in Crisis. Hindsight is 2020, so we can look back on 2020 and the pandemic, and we think the crisis is over, and then things continue. And so we are in a place of upheaval in many different ways. Uh, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the upheaval over racism, whether it's the political climate, we continue to be in crisis. So enjoy Communication in Crisis. Please like, share, and subscribe. Hello, and welcome to our presentation on communications during crisis. We are currently in the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, and the government has shut down public meeting gatherings. That has affected several industries. Uh, So how do we communicate with one another now that the communication is mainly online? And how do we develop the empathy and connection with one another? Uh, So this is key in communication and fostering this. We will review uh, certain key points today. This is going to help us, what we're going through now as a world for future events because change is constant. Okay, so communications during crisis. What if the phone rang three in the morning and we weren't in the COVID-19 epidemic, and what would be our greatest fear? Like if the phone rings, um, who are we 
anticipating would call us and what would they say? If we can anticipate that, then that helps us identify what we would say to them and how we would say it. Because our communication is for our audience. We want to bring calm through the communication. We want to shape our message in the form of caring and compassion. We want to acknowledge what we need as human beings. People matter. Our well-being matters. And without people, we will not have companies. As much as the technology uh, comes forward, we're always going to have companies made of people because the world is made of people. In the Mandarin language, the symbols for crisis, there's two symbols. One is threat and the other one is opportunity. So it's really important during a crisis for us, we feel threatened and scared and at times for at a loss and very stressed. We need to balance it with what is the opportunity here? There are many opportunities coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, people are talking about the family time that's occurring. We've all slowed down um, in many ways and we are giving more attention to what matters most as human beings, which is connection with one another. Time with our children, time with our loved ones, and quality time. We process seven messages a day normally. In crisis, we are only able to process three. These messages should be caring, full of conviction, and optimistic. So we as human beings need to know that we are cared for. There needs to be a level of comprehension and understanding a why what we're saying. So that's the conviction. And then as human beings, we need hope. And so we're not talking about optimism where we're putting our head in the sand. We're talking about realistically looking at the situation, doing what we can and letting the rest go and being optimistic for a hopeful outcome. The team looks to us and how we're reacting as leaders, and they will mimic it. So it's really important how we respond. How should we respond? We should respond with empathy, understanding, and acknowledging. So this takes a lot of listening and two-way communication. Uh, there is a model that is being practiced where one person will be the listener and the other person will be speaking. And this is conflict resolution. So the listener, they are simply listening the whole time. And what they do is they reflect back to the speaker, this is what I heard. Now the speaker is going to evaluate, did the listener really hear what I was communicating? When we have conflict, there's a breakdown in our communication. And so having that empathy is really important. Having that listening and reflective listening uh, with that other human being is important. So this exercise, um, I encourage you to practice it. And it's to 
All that one person is doing is listening. That is their only role. And then once that exercise is complete, then you begin a new session and change the roles. And so there's always one listener and one communicator. That is a great key to resolve the conflict. And that's something that we need to bring into all communication is the empathy, the understanding, the validating and the acknowledging. Uh, loneliness studies show that one in 11 people do not feel like there's anyone who cares for them. So think about your team and community and look at the people. One out of 11, that's the average worldwide, has reported that they don't believe anyone cares. And so as leaders, we may be the only ones and people are looking to us and it goes it speaks volumes how much we care, more than what we can do and accomplish and how much we know. It's important for people to know that we truly care and have the empathy and understanding. People, we need assurance that we're going to get through this. As leaders, let's commit to transparency. When things change, communicate what is happening and why. Give a sense of optimism and a sense of control. Everyone needs to pitch in on a different level despite the um, job description to connect and serve the customers in a deeper way during this crisis. So this is a time where regardless of the position, everyone is serving together. And that just fosters a level of unity and people respect that. We are busy putting out fires due to the constant change. And if we do not have a solid plan for emergencies, this is a great time to evaluate and to come up with one. We can adapt this model to the future. So right now it's COVID-19. In the future, it may be an earthquake or a fire. So it's something that will come in handy. So it's worth putting our energy and giving it priority. The plan needs to entail what are the problems? What are the priorities? What are the strategies? And what are the tactics? Also address who is our audience? What are the channels? And what are the overarching messages? So who are we speaking to? And we're conveying the communication uh, in a way that the audience can receive it. So we may need to take a spoon of applesauce and put the, the pill, this is an analogy, in the applesauce so it can go down easier because crisis communication is difficult and we want to help people be able to digest and to process uh, what is happening and why it's happening because we are solving problems um, and we are prioritizing how we need to address those problems in a strategic way and tactical way and we teach culture 
culture focuses on people first and the well-being of the people. And so it needs to be sincere and authentic, our strategy and tactics driven by culture. So who is our audience? And we're communicating to help them digest and process what we are deciding to do and why we're deciding to do it. What are the channels? It's always best in person. Uh, so if it needs to be online because we have the social distancing from our government, uh, then we want to connect online and practice as much empathy as possible. And I think as human beings, this is going to be a challenge for us that we're going to have to continually work on how to do that because it's so new for us. So what are the channels? So speaking to a group online, speaking to a group um, online, it's sometimes difficult to find that connection. We're a few weeks into this and I've been on several Zoom meetings uh, and watching the body language is so key and communicating with body language. It's two thirds of our communication um, and it works so well one-on-one -on -one in person or watching the group dynamics. And so now that has shifted to online. Uh, so what you see, you see me but if I'm looking down I might be looking at my phone how do you know or I might be taking notes which I take a lot of notes and so am I engaged or am I being distracted you don't know and you because you cannot fully read my body language so we're missing a part of our communication and connection with the online environment uh, what are the channels? We can use email um, to communicate. We can use memos. Um, and it's effective to disseminate the information consistently to everyone uh, when it's a huge change. But also people need to have that connection and empathy. So balancing that out. Um, and we can give big news also on social media. Um, however, we have to be careful that how we give the information internally prior to putting it on social media so people aren't hearing the news of the organization or community from other sources before they hear it from the leaders in the company. We will now have a crisis playbook for future events like a fire or an earthquake, just anything that would disrupt the flow of business. Be agile. Think how something is working and redefine it. And don't focus so much on the process. Focus on the result so it's not so burdensome. So loosen up the process. There is a current um, example of this in America. So last week we were told that there are small business loans. I have a colleague who posted on social media that last week he completed the application and there were a lot of documents requiring to be uploaded and he said it was pretty burdensome because the process was burdensome. Now I have completed several um, 
government contracting applications and it the process is very burdensome like i actually emailed one office and i said is there a way i can upload this online because you're asking for physical copies and this is a lot to print and they said no it needs to be printed the stack was this big and it cost me eleven dollars priority mail to mail it within the same state uh, so that's a burdensome process um, so what was posted was this government loan during crisis to small businesses, they have modified the process. And this colleague said, go online and complete the application. They are not asking for all of the uploads. Um, and it's a simple process now to apply for a loan. And so I found that very interesting because a lot of people navigating something online is very new and then navigating a, an application during crisis is overwhelming um, and it doesn't matter who we are anything new is a challenge for us and we need help so this is a time to really get the help of generation z because they can go online and get things done and navigate pretty easy um, and that's where we can get teamwork going for support if we have a Generation Z member who can help us. Um, we've done a previous presentation on multi-generations and how to have a cohesive team. Uh, so definitely loosen up the process for human beings during the crisis as much as possible. Be clear be consistent with principles of communication. Think, what would any rational, well-informed person do? Because we want to think rationally and we want to be informed and have all of the information before we make a decision. And so these are timely decisions that are being made and they need to be rational and well thought out. They also need to be quick to respond to the changing needs. So we are very challenged right now. We have needs of the organization that are ongoing. We have projects, we have meetings. Uh, there's a structure that we follow. And so here comes a crisis and all of that is put on the back burner. So when do we bring that balance of the regular communication needs versus the crisis needs? How do we get it to balance equally? Because so far with the COVID-19, most professionals are saying, boy, we're really focused on the COVID-19. And what about this project that we had um, that needed to be rolled out two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we still didn't roll it out because of the crisis. And so give some flexibility and some slack for that. And just move towards finding a new normalcy and homeostasis where we can balance out. It's okay to let some things go and get back to them once we stabilize. 
case the internal communication not to overload. So there is so much information being given to us. Um, I am getting some amazing communication of these are some resources. These are some webinars. These are Zoom coffee chats. Uh, and it's fantastic. And I'm finding my calendar being overwhelmed. And I have my own projects that I'm working on. And so I have to prioritize uh, which ones I'm going to attend and fully participate in and um, which ones I'm just going to let slide for now um, because there's a lot of good that's happening and a lot of resources. However, I need to focus on prioritizing my own tasks. And so the same with our audience. We definitely do not want to overload and we want to pause um, some programmatic things that may be going out. So disseminating information um, needs to be paced, not to overwhelm people. So we need to focus on what needs to happen without scaring the team. Because some change is happening daily, other change is happening hourly. Change is, is constant. And again, it's not a sprint. This is a marathon, so pace ourselves. We need to change on social media if we've been giving a certain level of education to the current COVID-19 needs, because that's what the audience needs right now. And we need to provide that as a public service. In social media, we also need to watch the tone and the messaging. Our greatest communication challenge is how we're going to connect with one another and how we're going to develop empathy with one another. The key studies in well-being show that the keys to well-being are connection. So people in these studies who said that they believe someone cares for them. They may have reported that they had chronic pain, but because they knew someone cared for them and they could depend on that person, they reported high levels of life satisfaction and high levels of happiness. So remember that, that it's really important as human beings to know that we are cared for. So empathy and how do we develop that when we're suddenly 100% online and told to social distance. So today I went to the grocery store and I was walking in the line. And so the aisle was in the middle of it because people are six feet apart. So I was trying to go behind this gentleman and I caught him off guard. And so he kind of got out of the way. And then, so I went and I stood in the aisle six feet behind him. And he finally looked at me. Well, actually, his partner said, you should let her go before us because she has a few things and they had a huge cart full. And so the gentleman looked at me and he said, I didn't realize that you were getting in line. I thought you were just walking by. And I said, yes, I was actually trying to social distance. And we all just looked at each other dumbfounded, like, is this what life is going to be like from now on trying to distance from one another? And the, the face, the affect that we all had was very sad. And, um, 
you know, it's nothing personal, but we have to social distance for our safety. And how is that going to affect us in the future? And how do we keep that human connection? Because I miss that time when we people in line would just have small talk and would smile at each other because people want to connect and talk. And that's just not happening. Um, and people are, are miss perceiving things, just like the gentleman in the line today. Uh, he didn't realize my intention was just to keep the distance, not from him in any way, but just due to this pandemic and the instructions that we have been given. So developing empathy with our new normal of interaction until we get through this pandemic is our greatest challenge in um, our communications. And everything that we do now is going to be useful for our future. And weathering this currently, uh, really getting this under our belt, uh, things that come our way in the future will be okay. We'll realize we get through things together because we are resilient as human beings and we need one another. And just being that real and that authentic with our team and our community goes so far. More than people um, respecting what we know, they need to know how much we care. And conveying that is very important at this time. So I thank you so much for participating in our presentation. Hello, my name's Alexia Georgiou. I'm a coach and consultant I innovate and create with empathetic, agile methodologies. My website is theresilientpathway.com. Contact me, alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com. We have special pandemic coaching packages available. We're also providing consultation services with development and training on Zoom. I look forward to hearing from you. When you get a flu shot, you're protecting more than just yourself. You're protecting your family, your community, and frontline healthcare workers. It's possible to get the flu and COVID-19 at the same time. So it's more important than ever to take steps to protect ourselves and the people around us. By getting a flu shot, you greatly reduce your chance of catching the flu and spreading it to others. It's just a little shot. But it makes a big difference to all of us. The flu shot is available now at Penn Medicine Lancaster General Health. When you get a flu shot, you're protecting more than just yourself. You're protecting your family, your community, and frontline healthcare workers. It's possible to get the flu and COVID-19 at the same time. So it's more important than ever to take steps to protect ourselves and the people around us. By getting a flu shot, you greatly reduce your chance of catching the flu and spreading it to others. It's just a little shot. But it makes a big difference to all of us. The flu shot is available now at Penn Medicine Lancaster General Health.